Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. Hey, and welcome to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Barnabas Piper, here as always with my trusty sidekick, Director for Leadership at Lifeway, Todd Adkins. The prodigal has returned. He's back. And uh, and the actual host of this thing, Chandler Vinoy, who's supposed to be keeping me in line. Hey, we're good. It just you just had saw the mic and you were like, uh, five leadership questions. I need, <laughs> to, I need to open this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I just climbed into the driver's seat. How many episodes did you co-host? Do you remember? Uh, between 150 and 200. I'm not sure. So you've probably done more than me now. No, I have no. Okay, he's I, uh, I uh, man, I cycle through him. So <laughs> there was Geiger. <laughs> Then Geiger left, uh, and Daniel. Then Daniel left. Chandler and where Chandler are you hops on for jobs right now. <laughs> nope. Ch- okay. Chandler and uh, Janae. Do you remember? Yeah. Janae, Janae uh, hops on now and again too. She's Otherwise, like a, I'm solo. Is she like a regular guest or a regular co-host? She's a regular co-host. Okay. Uh, and she's really good. At, uh, yeah, no, I've done a couple podcasts with her about Enneagram stuff and books and things. We're gonna have so. Ian Cron on soon. Really. Yes. That'll be a good one. I think it will be. What's your Enneagram number? Eight. Eight. You an eight seven? I am. Me too. This is, this, um, is why we wreaked, this is why we wreaked havoc. Uh, <laughs> we were quite the tandem duo, I will say. What are you, Chandler? So I took it, and it was like three eight were tied, uh-huh. like really close. I thought I was an eight, but then I started reading the two. I'm a three. That makes sense. Yeah. Supposedly those two, you can easily mix them up. When I, yeah, when I did the whole evaluation, I looked at it and I was like, I, five years ago, I would have said I was a three or 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. I would have said I was a three and very much more clear that I'm an eight, (laughs) not a three. (laughs) I'm glad you matured. Or just crystallized or (laughs) got stale. I I don't know, petrified. I'm just messing with Chandler. That's, That's all I'm doing. And all threes out there. Uh, Okay, so today we are going to do an oldie but a goodie, and that is Quick Hitters. Again, it's been years since you've done a Quick Hitters. It has been. I'd like probably three, three of those years. Wow. And uh, would you have remembered the questions if I didn't send them to you? You'd remember a couple of them, I bet. Uh, Reading, listening, and uh, resource or tool, I definitely would have remembered. I think I would have struggled with remembering the last two. All right person who's influenced you and uh, lesson you've learned. I definitely would not have remembered number five. Good deal. All so right. thank you for sending them in advance. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to ask any of the questions today or you just want to answer? No, I'm, you know, I got this thing kicked <laughs> off. You guys take it from here. I trust right, you. I've done my job. That's Here right. we go. So <laughs> uh, what, what's one or two books that you're reading uh, right now that you would suggest, you know, somebody else take a look at? Um, so recently I'm in the middle of a writing project right now. I have about, well, I have about two weeks left to finish a book manuscript. And it's a book about, uh, happiness and expectations and leaning heavily on Ecclesiastes. So my reading has mostly been tied up in thinking in that vein, but two really good books that I have, that I am reading and one that I just finished recently in that one is called Living Life Backwards by a guy named David Gibson. And it's, uh, it's just sort of a pastoral reflection on Ecclesiastes, but looking at how the whole book of Ecclesiastes is about mortality. So 
thinking with the end in mind, living with the end in mind and how that adds meaning to life. And it, and it just sort of helps clarify what matters, what doesn't, what happiness is, what it isn't. The other one is called The Message of Ecclesiastes, very creative name, by Derek Kidner. And it's, it's just a little commentary. It's probably 120 pages. So it's a, and it's a pretty quick read, but just really helpful in distilling down the main ideas and thought processes of it. So um, those are those are two that are fresh in my mind, and I kind of have just read in a single lane. It's either been that or like junk fiction for like <laughs> six months because I need to like take my brain out of serious thoughts. So I go read like uh, Mitch Rapp novels by Vince Flynn, <laughs> or or I read on Ecclesiastes. The, now. Okay, so when we were were still running the show, I did not read any fiction. That's true. Yes. Uh, And so I started probably two years ago with James, and we've been working our way through the classics. With James, I bet yeah, I bet you started with like (laughs) the Odyssey and the Iliad. Uh, So yeah, (laughs) yeah, actually, and uh, (laughs) earlier, Karen Swallow Pryor was on Uh um, on her um, uh, on reading reading reading, on reading well. Yeah, and um, she was like, I'm like, we read a tale of two cities. She's like. You know what that's about, right? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, she's like, don't you think that's heavy for for a ten year old? I'm like, well, uh, I, we'll find out in about twenty years when he's in yeah, counseling, won't yeah, we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So no, it's uh, it, he's he's great. So Ivanhoe is one we've just started, uh, and I read that when I was about James's age. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good books that you know uh, from however long ago, whether it be something like. Uh, Treasure Island mm-hmm. or 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Connecticut Yankee. So many good books. Yeah. For boys. I'm, um, glad, I'm glad your son is having a positive influence on your reading habits. Oh, because uh, it's that and then um, a lot on blockchain, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> on blockchain and, and white papers so you, on blockchain. You're very similar to me in that you read at various, like very opposite ends of the spectrum. Oh, heck yeah. yeah. You're going to go read classic fiction. <laughs> Or, or blockchain. <laughs> no, I think it's it's bonkers. Just what what's what's happening in our world today. But whatever, I won't so go there. Are those I, the books you've been reading? Yeah, Ivanhoe and blockchain. Stuff? <laughs> no, blockchain. Okay. If you haven't read on blockchain, go check it out. <laughs> no, I would. As, I would suggest Ivanhoe I'm not saying or Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea instead. <laughs> yeah, but you right. know, <laughs> right? What about how about you, Chandler? Yeah, uh, for me. So I just have you guys heard of Deep Work? Have you guys yes, read yeah. Deep Work? So like I've been Cal, Newport? Cal Newport. So yeah. I've been pushing it off for a while, just because I was like, I feel like it's gonna kind of mess with the way that I do work, um, and it's been really good. It's been a good kind of deep dive into how um, kind of being head down on projects, um, how we can easily switch from context and it actually slows us down. So if somebody were to come up to my desk and I'm in the middle of a task, it just how much it takes me away from having momentum of working on that. Kind of like if Todd were to Why are you giving side-eye to Todd right now? <laughs> hey, open, open work environment's great working <laughs> on Todd's team, right? Hey, no, I, I will, I will um, stay sequestered for like an hour, hour and a half, and then it's, so I just have to So really your team is just to get on your like circadian rhythm of work. <laughs> well, most of them aren't around except for Monday and Wednesday because Monday and Wednesday are core days. Otherwise, it's like hit or miss. Whoever's out there just happens to get all the brilliant <laughs> ideas that come into my head. Come in on Friday. It's just you and him. It's great. <laughs> yeah. It's great. So it's, it's, just me, it's just me and somebody on the whole floor. <laughs> yeah, for real. So Deep Work is a good one. Um, another one that I read, if you like history, is Leadership in Turbulent Times. 
So it's a overview of four different presidents leading through. Doris Kearns Goodwin. Yep. It's on my to read or to listen list. I haven't gotten around to it it's, yet, though. It's great. It, it um, <clears throat> overviews Teddy Roosevelt, FDR, LBJ, and Lincoln. So it's just a quick snapshot of all their presidencies, and it's just a great to be able to pick some leadership. Her, her Lincoln was a team of rivals. Is that I read that yeah, as well last that's year. That's so good. Yeah, very yeah. good. That one was that one was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, you just sparked a, a, a memory of a book because actually we're moving again uh, internally, and I'm cleaning off bookshelves, and I saw the book What If. Oh yeah. Have you ever read any of is, What If? Is that kind of the? Is that the one with the question mark on the front? Yeah, so it is basically historical stuff. So if you're into history and you, you know, and you are well versed with it, then it'll be like, what if, you know, the Nazis won, or mm-hmm. what if, uh, you know, seven days war? Like it just goes That's on to a bunch of the man ones. in the high tower. Yeah, I was saying that too. As well, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's in book form and it does a okay. bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. What if you know this famous battle went this way, or this plague wasn't what stopped, if or actually made it to where he was trying to? Yes, go. <laughs> all of that is in this book, and it will be a you know, each one is it's not a novella, but it's longer than. Longer than a chapter, but not quite a book. It sounds um, fascinating. I'm writing it down. Yeah. What if? What w- if? Was it by? Is it by a single author? Or? Oh, I believe so, but I can't remember the name. It's a thick one. Okay. Well, like, yeah, with all that in there, it must be. Yeah, like Schofield Bible thick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What's, what's, it, what's its take on the end times? <laughs> <laughs> what if? Oh. Hey, I'm moving to the next and question here. Along. <laughs> All right, Baptist. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> All right. What is one thing that you've listened to recently? Um, so, so does this count like audiobooks? Yeah. Or are we talking? Does. I okay. hope so because I put down an audiobook. <laughs> All that's, right. what, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm playing my that flag. I changed my answer. All right, keep going. Um, so I recently finished listening to a, an audiobook called Educated. Um, it's a yeah. memoir. Tara Westover is the author. Um, so it's, you know, Hillbilly Elegy was this, this yes. sort of phenom book, what, four ish years ago? Mm hmm. Um, and then this is similar to that in sort of in a similar vein of, but it's, um, it's a girl or a lady who was raised by a and sort of an extremist Mormon family, very separatist and isolated in Idaho. And so and then her experience of going off to college and just she talks about how, you know, she she goes into this history class and she she didn't know what the Holocaust was. So she raises her wow. hand in class and then asks, she's like, I don't know what this word is. And every and the professor was more or less uh, just he was offended because thought she was just making a horrendous, you know, joke in poor taste. So yeah. those kinds of things over and over again, but also dealing with the personal side of her family. Her dad was bipolar. She had an abusive brother. So all of this, uh, all of this kind of woven into one. It was just, it was a really, uh, really fascinating and mostly heartbreaking actually look into the lives of this, this, uh, the culty side of separatism, Mormonism, and I, I don't know that they would be considered good Mormons by other Mormons. I don't, I don't know that the, the faith well enough, but just sort of the whole thing and uh, conspiracy theory and all this stuff. But it was fascinating and, and really well done. I don't know who the narrator was, but she did a really good job with it. So that's, uh, that's the one I just finished and really enjoyed it. It was good. Todd? Okay. Uh, I just pulled up my podcast app. 
And okay, so I am re I'm listening to a book that I read. Okay. <laughs> so I've already read the book okay. and I've mentioned it on here before, A Beautiful Constraint. Um <clears throat> but going back and uh, you know, making sure I walk through that again because as I talk to churches more and more, it's just something that keeps coming around again. Everybody thinks it's abundance of resources that, you know, are the, the, the answer to the golden tomorrow. And really, it's really more about what you stop and hmm. uh, clarify more than anything else. Like, what's in alignment with your purpose? And regardless of how it started, um, and then either realigning it back to the original purpose, which is usually making disciples who make disciples, no matter what your vision statement is, uh, or kill it. So... Uh, beautiful constraint, everyone. So for me, pick it up at Amazon. Or the author is who? Oh, yeah, I'll have to look in here. But, yeah, oh, you've read it, read it and listened to it, but you don't know who if wrote only it. Only we no. were holding devices that could answer such questions. No, I'm looking. I'm still hands. looking at my podcast app, which you see one right there that you should be impressed with right here. Well, that's a, that's a sports podcast, isn't I it? I know, yes. <laughs> Look at you. I'm I believe in you. The one and only. Your horizons just broadened. I think I was a constraint on you. <laughs> you were. non-beautiful variety. Uh, we won't go there. And the dropout would be also be one. And then the ones that I mention all the time that I already listen to. Um, how about you, Chandler? So I was, was going to say, um, I've listened to a lot of audiobooks, but I'm going to go with a podcast. And that is 1865. Have either of you heard of 1865? We talked about it a little yes, before. Yes, you've told me. Yep. So it's by Wondery, and it documents- Ooh, They do good stuff. They do. And it's Business Wars is another one of theirs. It's mm-hmm. really good. Um, and the lead. <laughs> and the lead, apparently. <laughs> but 1865 documents, um, it's the story of the days after Lincoln's death hmm. and how the cabinet and um, Stanton, who was um, the secretary of state, basically- kept everything moving and just documents that story, which is fascinating. Um, as you can tell with even my book recommendation, I've kind of been like really into the, into the time of Lincoln and kind of what happened and all that. So it's been fun. Have you read, uh, I can't remember the exact title, but it's the, the 12 day manhunt for Lincoln's killer. Somebody, it's a a red book. Uh, somebody, the red cover. Um, is it a manhunt? I think it might just be called manhunt. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a fascinating one. Just the, the, uh, the escape of Booth and mm-hmm. then the hunt for him until he's killed in a barn that's or on fire. was yeah. he? There was, a, there was a movie on that, too. <laughs> I don't remember what the movie I was. I see Todd's also reading conspiracy <laughs> theories. That's good. Good, good. A Excellent. Beautiful Constraint, by the way, is by Adam Morgan. Now you know. Not Dr. Adam. No, not Different the same guy. one. Yep. <clears throat> what else you got? That's all I got. 1865. Right. We'll move us on to the next question. All right. So what is one tool or resource you've started using recently? Todd, you want to take this one first? Uh, uh, first of all, um, making sure that I had a VPN even on my phone uh, <laughs> is something that I've done more recently. Uh, that is a virtual private network for those who aren't familiar with that term. But it's just to say, hey, it's one another yet another wall of protection for you in a uh, a digital age. Um, a couple other ones uh, it would be Brave Brave browser. You from anybody else familiar with Brave? Nope, Brave browser. So also, you know, it's like Google, Firefox, whatever. Mm-hmm. Except it's you you are not. You for sure aren't tracked or advertised to. If you're advertised to, how do you know? If you're, they told you. 
No, you're, <laughs> you're not advertised to. That's basically what Facebook... No, you're fine, guys. We're not no, 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 no. So... Uh, way, what's your social security number? They would say... Uh, you have You don't see ads unless you want to see ads, first of all. And if you do see ads, then they're based on... It's like a whole different ad platform that people go through. Hmm. And you get paid for the ads. And the... You get paid for seeing content, ads? Yeah, and the content creator gets paid for seeing ads. What? I need this commerce model explained to me. Basic attention token is what it's based upon, <laughs> which is who's, a blockchain. I'm just testing it who's out. Who's getting rich off of this? Uh, content creators, mostly, not okay. content consumers, because you only are making a couple here and there, and they're like worth two cents or 20 right. cents or something like that. Interesting. I'm, I'm intrigued. It is probably intriguing. Not, probably not intrigued enough to go look at it, but it's I'm all intrigued the for decentralized the stuff. Uh, but NordVPN and, uh, and Brave... Uh, Chandler and I just used the Chick-fil-A app right before this episode. <laughs> if you oh, have not used it, check it oh, out. Oh, man. Yeah. that I mean, I've been using that for longer than recently, but I'm going to recommend <laughs> it as a resource. Curbside. Yes. And uh, and all of the points that you can get. So then you do that a few times and then you get free lunch out of it. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's awesome. And for church leaders listening, if you were to purchase Chick-fil-A for maybe an event, you can use your Chick-fil-A app and get all the points <laughs> for that. Just, just remember... Just Catering Chick-fil-A events has to be, you just can't do it for Sunday events very effectively because it doesn't keep very, very well overnight and you right. can't do it on Sunday. So, you know. Great point. Yep. But yeah. You get catering points. It's fantastic. Uh, I have been using WhatsApp more too. Okay. Which I don't know. Well, you were just. I was just in India, so that's part of it. Yeah. But I was just texting a guy from church who is a, who has moved recently to Scotland via WhatsApp. It's very handy for it international communication. Handy. Uh, so two two things that I wrote down for resources I've been one was enforced it was forced upon me uh, which is church community builder um, which is just it's a database the churches use for right. groups and membership and assigning uh, you know volunteer stuff and all that it can do a lot of things and it's great it I had I had a hate hate relationship with it for a couple months I now have a love hate relationship with it but it is pretty handy uh, and. Uh, you guys, if you're aware of anything that might be just dramatically better, you can tell me off the air because <laughs> I would love to maybe potentially transition us from that if it was ever a possibility. Uh, now, one that I am using by choice and very much enjoy is the Community Bible Reading Journal. Hmm. So um, it's a it's a Bible reading plan, but they they put they put together these journals and. Um, I think it's you read through the entire Bible over the course of three years, but during that time, you also read through the New Testament once a year, something like that. Huh. So I think you might read through the Psalms every year and the oh. New Testament every year, but the whole Bible over the course of three years, something like that. So each day has a pretty is a pretty moderate amount of scripture. It's not it's not overwhelming. And then they just have it's a pretty classic format where they have a um, there's a a page, two facing pages. One is just blank for you to write down notes, reflections, whatever. And the so other this is, is a physical. Yeah, journal. it's an actual physical journal. You can get them imprinted with your church's, uh, your church's logo or whatever. So if you wanted to go through it as a church, so that's that's how I got my hands on it because the church leaders and elders at at Emmanuel are using it. At least those who want to. Um, 
but then it just has, you know, your adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, just sort of there for you to write how this text sort of informs those prayers for you. And I was not super excited about it at first because I don't like being told what to do, um, frankly. <laughs> and <clears throat> no, <laughs> I know it's it's uh, shocking to everybody who's who's aware. Um, but I have found it really it's just really helpful in terms of slowing down to think through texts that normally I would have just sort of read over very quickly. Um, you know, reading through second Samuel right now, it's just easy to mow through a few chapters of that as, as a story and not pause to, to give much consideration. But when you have to think about, you know, what is worthy of adoration about God from second Samuel 16, it, it's a little different thought process, which has been really helpful to me. So that's, uh, yeah. So you can, if you just Google community Bible reading journal, I think they have all the same stuff online. Uh, I use the physical one because because I like pen and paper for such things. Hmm. It's pretty cool. Well, for me, one of those is a little bit in the same vein as yours. So both of these, have you guys read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear? No. I know of James <clears throat> Clear, but I have not read the book. So he's just talking about, I mean, it's a great book on habit keeping. And for me, both of these help me track habits. So I downloaded these and were, was able to get a visualization in a calendar of like, here are the days I did these things. So first one was, is day one journal app, which kind of goes along to what you were saying. Yeah. So it's, <clears throat> it's for me slowing down, not only just reading through a passage, which is easy to do um, with my time with the Lord, but actually slowing down and answering questions that I can go back and see. And so this one I haven't started using recently, but I've started kind of recommending it more. Um, so like, it'll actually tell me a year ago, here was your journal entry and it'll pop up that day. So I can click it and go back and see what was happening um, a year ago. Uh, and what's really cool on, on the app, it has a calendar and you can actually see, well, I mean, it's um, Seinfeld even talks about like the, the X on the calendar of creating mm-hmm. habits. Like you just see it. It's a true thing. Yeah. And you see you missed a day and it's like, <clears throat> oh man, okay, I got to get back so I can see the beautiful calendar all marked off. So that one's been helpful day one. And then the second one is kind of on the same thing is it's just a workout app called strong. Uh, it might not be the best one out there, but it's just one to actually, no, I wouldn't have guessed. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> kidding, uh-huh. kidding. It's an audio. You need to, you hey, it's an audio. audio. You, have, can you, tell. you have no those clue. Kettlebells harder. <laughs> there you go. But same thing. It, it just gives you a visualization of like, here's the days I actually, you know, worked out or was um, journaled and all that kind of, kind of stuff. So it's just helpful to, it's to a lot see of, it. There's a lot of missed days on your phone there. I see. I, I see some blue dots and a lot of white spaces between them. Oh, well, it's the white that actually counts, right? Okay. Well, then there's a lot of blue <laughs> dots between them. I'm just trying to figure out which one makes me look better. Probably neither one. It's pretty much 50-50, yeah. which actually, I mean, if you guess if you're working out every other day, that's not Somewhere. so bad. That's so. also better than me currently. But, one looks like a snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> All that to say, it's just helpful for me to be able to track and actually see. So they've been helpful. On this podcast, we equip our listeners with the absolute best resources to help their churches thrive. So if you're looking at launching a thriving church in a rented venue or perhaps a new one that you own, I would encourage you to check out the team at Portable Church. Portable Church Industries equips churches meeting in alternative venues with total solutions so that you can launch strong, be reproductive, and thrive in your community. For over 25 years, they've partnered with church planters and multi-site leaders, mastering creative, intelligent, and effective portable church solutions so that you and your team can stay focused on the thing that really matters, and that's building disciples. Do you want to see what this looks like? 
visit portablechurch.com slash lifeway. All right, let's get to our next question, which is uh, more about who is who are you currently learning from or is influencing you right now? What What person is doing that in your life? I have a hard time with this question because, um, well, probably because I have a bad attitude about learning sometimes, uh, <laughs> and I don't like being told what to do, as previously mentioned. <clears throat> but I don't tend to attach myself to like the teaching or influence of a single person. Uh, you know, like <laughs> not the, even your dad. <laughs> you know, maybe especially not my dad. Which again, <laughs> that's more my problem than anything else. To be clear, um, <laughs> but. But categorically, though, looking at one of the things that I've noticed so after moving from Lifeway into church ministry um, is the way I have gravitated to learning from people who are 20 and 30 years ahead of me in either ministry or just in faith, um, because I, I have become painfully aware of feeling very young and inexperienced, and I'm I'm not... I'm not on the younger end of our staff. We have a fairly young staff. I'm the same age as our senior pastor, et cetera. But uh, yeah, I just feel like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing a lot of the time. I feel very much like I'm just figuring things out. So to be able to look ahead at our executive pastor, uh, Scott, who's 60 and has been in church planting and training leaders and, and executive leadership for years and, uh, and just some of our elders who are 15 or 20 or 30 years ahead of me is just something that more and more I've learned to value and which has also shifted me away from um, jumping on every new idea as the best way to do things right. as much as like, well, what works for the guy who's 55 or 65? Mm -hmm. Because that, that there's staying power there. Tried and true. So, yeah. There's staying power in, in how he has walked with Christ or how he's been in leadership. So I'd like to learn that first and then see how ideas, you know, new ideas, strategic ideas, whatever right. integrate with that. That is interesting. What would you say? So, I mean, Barnabas, uh, you know, for new listeners who haven't been around all the way back to the to the beginning, you know, you you served in the church, mm -hmm. then you served at the publishing house or two, mm -hmm. and now you're serving back in the church. Right. So, what has been the, uh, I guess most surprising thing <laughs> that um, going back into the church has been like has there been any major shifts or anything like that right um, and then I have another question so um, I think the biggest shift for me has been the fact that you can publishing and the business world is not a people oriented you know even if you have great relationships with coworkers and you work well as a team it's not a people oriented job it's a it's a production oriented job so you're you're hitting deadlines you're hitting budgets you're putting out products you're it, just generally speaking and the church is entirely people oriented which which has been which means it's you know and some of this touches on the, the fifth question we'll we'll get to which is you know what's a a lesson you've learned or something you've been learning Figuring out what is a productive week or a productive mm -hmm. month in ministry is was very tricky for me because I was like I don't I don't have I don't have any accomplishments. What are your lead measures and lag measures? <laughs> right, part of this? and no lead and lag measures. There's and and if you try to kind of force those things, you're probably taking ministry direction it shouldn't go because you're you're just you're measuring things that aren't of 
genuine value in that context. So I think that that was probably the biggest shift in just realizing that a week spent talking to people about how is their small group going, answering questions about what does it look like to guide a person through this, having coffee with this person and lunch with that person, talking with the staff about what direction do we need to go as a church. Those are all that those are all really productive things that are you, you can't put a measurement on very easily. Um, and that's so just gaining a sense of um, kind of a sense of peace with that and going, oh, like that's what I'm supposed right. to be doing. That's not because if I did all of those things when I worked at Lifeway, you know, had lunch with this person and coffee with this person and talk to this person about this. Somebody would be like, yeah, but when are you actually going to do your work? <laughs> That's great, man. I know. Con- congratulations. That's a lot of chit chat. When are you going to get anything done? Um, realizing like that, that is the, that is the work. It's a, it's people work and which is, which I love, but it did take a while to kind of shift into that gear and that mindset to go, oh, this is, this is fruitful, even if it's not sort of measurable in a, in a, uh, traditional way. Okay, this is dangerous for me to ask. Uh, <laughs> and some would say I'm foolish to ask this in a public forum, but whatever. What is one thing that you wish, now having gone back into church, what is one thing that you wish uh, Lifeway knew about the church and one thing you wish the church knew about Lifeway? I'll answer the second half of that first. Okay. Because, you know, I left Lifeway after six years and really I loved my six years here. I mean, it was it was the right move to make, right. but it wasn't like... Well, the first years were better than the last <laughs> years. Let's be honest. Was, that's fair. I can say that because nobody who I worked with at the end listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it was, it was a, it was a really good, it was a really good six years. And I left for something that I was, that I felt very much led to not like I wasn't fleeing for the hills kind of thing. So I wish that churches understood more the number of people at Lifeway who are really dedicated to churches. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it is not a, this is not a commerce driven publishing company uh, in the same way that so many others are as much as it is a, a trying to figure out how to put out resources that are beneficial to churches. Um, and you see that because of the number of people who do exactly what I did, which yeah. is leave Lifeway to go. I mean, on your team, Todd, <laughs> Kevin right. Spratt, Daniel M., and myself all left yeah. Lifeway to go to church ministry. And coworkers of ours have done the same thing. And then we hire people out of the church and then kind of with an expectation that right. they'll funnel back in at some point, probably. So I think that would help. I think that would help churches have a greater sense of appreciation and trust for what Lifeway does and to differentiate it from some of your other big name publishing houses who are not focused on uh, building up churches. Totally. And you would think, uh, I mean, you know, people probably heard me say on the podcast before, you don't fit here. You certainly don't fit on our team uh, if you don't think about going back to church (laughs) on a regular basis. Right. And- or I mean the other, but the other piece of that is there are a lot of people who they're at Lifeway feel very called to be here and they're going to be here for ten or fifteen or twenty years, but they're also very invested in their church. Oh, so totally. they're they're yeah. bleeding together these two parts of ministry in their life, and it's so it's not it's not work and church life in it in a neat break as much as right. it is they're they're one is feeding the other in a lot of ways. The other half of the question was what do you wish what do I wish 
Lifeway knew about the church. Um, like, what do we think we're good at that we're maybe missing? Oh, that's it. That's a tricky one because, you know, I only moved into a single church experience right. and um, and we're a non-denominational church, which which puts us there's just there's a little bit less uh, affiliation. You know, totally. Lifeway has strengths with affiliations. Right. So, you know, we, we sit on the fringes. Now we do use we use the gospel project in our kids ministry uh, and things like that. So there's it's not a. It's not unattached right. by any means. Um, I think I think Lifeway could get better, and I don't have specific ways in mind on how to do this off the top of my head, but could get better at figuring out how to communicate with churches about how to use certain resources or what those resources can do for churches. Um, <clears throat> because, because there's there's such a variety now how oh, churches totally. want to do things, how churches want to create their own stuff. You want to be able to customize. You want to be right. able to like, that's a good resource, but it doesn't fit what we do kind of thing. So creating opportunities for churches to be aware of stuff and then blend it to their needs um, as opposed to, it seems that a lot of what Lifeway does and has done fits a model of church groups or church studies or church Sunday school. Right. That is what we would call traditional. And there are a lot of churches that still are that way. You know, they, there are Sunday school classes or they have groups that, that want video studies. I mean, I just, I just did a short study with Lifeway. And so like, I'm really grateful that there are churches that use those, but, uh, but yeah, just in a, an ability to communicate, Hey, this is all we have. And here's a bunch of different ways to use it. Sort of a, um, I don't know if customizable is the right term, but less sort of a contextual contextual. Yeah. And less sort of an hour, um, hour way or the highway. I, I get that. I, I do understand that because I would think that we are, um, I mean, if you look at grid two or curriculum, I don't think there's anybody that beats us at the intentionality piece of how things are constructed and what's behind, you know, like, like if you lifted up the hood yeah. of, of it and understand, oh, this is what goes into it. This is the pedagogy. I mean, th this is everything that goes in there. We're kings of scope yeah. and sequence and all that. I do hear you on that. It's like, and and here you go. We expect you to know how to use this or how yeah. to apply this in your context. So I think and, that's a good word. You know, even thinking, having, you know, I was, I was here when ministry grid launched and then was with that's this team the for thing, three though. and a half years. And being on the other side now, so being a, the, the groups guy at a church, th thinking about all of the ways that I would communicate to somebody in my position probably differently than I did when we launched <laughs> because um, because it's just not high on people's priority list to make a major system change at a church. Or right. it might be high on their priority list, but there's just not capacity to do it because everybody's scrambling or running. And then there's, and there's uh, you know, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, it's, it is such a people oriented job. You know, you're, you're totally. deep in the weeds in people's lives. And then you're like, but also we need to change our whole calendar and our whole training system and whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think there's just, and I don't know how productive that's, that, that comment is. Cause I no. don't, I don't know how scalable what I just said is. I don't, because, because churches are unique. So one of the things that Lifeway has to do is try to create something that works for as many churches as possible, right. which, kind of takes away the the customization, uniqueness, um, contextualization aspect of it. Right. Well, 
I'll be interested to see how. I mean, I, I think from a grid perspective, what we've seen more and more is people who will say they want complete customization. And what they really mean is they want to curate some of the content and then set it up well uh, for their context. Meaning, hey, I'm going to do this yeah. group stuff, but I'm going to put this is our values or why this is important to us or, or whatever in front of it. So, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, uh, yeah. All right. We probably need to move on to the next thing. We may <laughs> Did you guys even answer that, that question? Huh? Did you guys answer the question we were just on? Person, because no. it was supposed to be person you are learning from or have we're learned learning from. But we're I, learning from you, Barnabas. Yeah, we're learning from you. Boy, I'm so sorry, guys. Do you have anything you want to add on who you're learning from? No, go for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm learning from everybody I'm reading from and everybody I'm listening to. If I am not constantly <laughs> learning, then I am horrible at my job because it's to learn in front of the people that I lead. And Sometimes to learn that's in front learning of you have nothing to learn from somebody. <laughs> it Just, is. To be fair. Just getting up and leaving. They're <laughs> like, well, Peace. learned all I needed to here. <laughs> it took a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you start making noise and I'm out. So I was going to say, I'll, I'll make this brief so we can get to the last question. Um, kind of two two people. I would put them somewhat in the same idea stream, kind of like what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, is Pete Scazzaro and John mm -hmm. Mark Comer. So I read Emotionally Healthy Leader um, about six months ago. And if you go back in the archives of this podcast, listeners, we have an interview oh, with Pete Scazzaro. Yeah. yeah. We've got a couple now. He's good. He's been back on? Yeah. He was great. I love that interview. Yeah. And, and the fact that he made us read his book first. Really? <laughs> he was the only <laughs> guest we had who was like, I will not come on unless you promise to read this, which was an incentive to do something I would yeah. I like to do anyway. So it was great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Barnabas had to convince me. I'm like, no, really. Like, yes. <laughs> do I yes, you do. <laughs> Can I listen to it? Um, and I'm really glad I did. It was a great book. Yeah. So it's a great book. And really just kind of what I'm learning from both those um, authors is, our culture right now would say, hustle, 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 everything you do, fill up your calendar, do everything you can. And for them, they're more saying, it's okay to give yourself space to Sabbath, to rest. Um, and it's been really good. So, yeah. All right. Last quick hitter. What is one lesson that you have learned recently? Um, I sort of answered this a little bit earlier, but learning how to measure success in ministry. And I would say this is a thing I am learning, not a thing I have learned. So this is not a... If you want all the answers, just uh, yep, email Barnabas. Hold on, that's my next book project. <laughs> just signed with not B&H because they rejected my proposal. <laughs> uh, kidding, kidding, kidding. It's not my next book. No, but just the figuring out how to go from very measurable numeric metrics to measuring more by availability, faithfulness, um, and consistency in serving people, which they're, they're over time. I think there may be measurable aspects to that in terms of, I mean, you, if, if a church leadership staff is doing that, you hopefully will see numeric growth and hopefully we'll see health of the church, but you can't guarantee people are going to respond well. So it's a, it, it feels much more, it's a little bit more like measuring spiritual growth than it is measuring, you know, like fitness, for example, which is a much more, I'm going to pursue a particular weight goal or a particular speed goal or particular, you know, uh, cholesterol count or whatever. Um, this feels much more like I, I just, I want to grow in character and spiritually that it, that is sort of the way ministry has, you know, the success has, has come to into a little more clarity for me. 
And then learning how to mesh that with with work ethic, because grinding doesn't always lead to greater success in those areas. But having a good work ethic and being a hard worker is always a is always a necessity as well. So kind of figuring out how to how those two feed one another. But if you're not careful, how you can slip into laziness or you can slip into work without without the proper character, humility, faithfulness aspect. I would say, um, I mean, the the beautiful thing about doing this podcast is you learn something almost every time you do one with a guest. Um, with a guest, maybe not this one, but <laughs> oh, I was gonna say almost every time. <laughs> yeah, I was just kidding. Uh, the big the 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 last two that I've done, I really felt like I've walked away with something. Uh, John Mark Homer. Um, Man, I did not expect to like him, <laughs> to like him as much as I did. Um, <clears throat> Those are the best guests. It the really ones is that catch you off guard in a very positive way. Really heady. Again, my apologies, guys. <laughs> and uh, really heady. And I know. I, I mean, you know, I I was a philosophy major and blah blah blah. So we kind of connected on that level. But I usually don't like what I assumed was that type of person because I thought he was going to tell me to rest and be silent and, you know, don't be busy and all the stuff that people tell me all the time that care about me and try to um, keep me alive and productive. Uh, But (laughs) what it turned out to be, we really connected around intentionality uh, and I haven't stopped. I haven't stopped thinking about it since. I mean, you know, um, talked to my wife about it, talked to Trevin about it, um, a couple of different people because it wasn't about halfway through the podcast. You'll probably hear I really start to engage with this guy because I'm like, oh, this is fascinating because we're saying some of the same things. You know, I would always say, hey, in the Bible, you see the steward and you see the shepherd, and I'm more of a steward and. Uh, and for that, that's an easy way for me to say, oh, I like the business side of church more um, than the pastoral side. Right. Um, but what was revealed in that is when I say moving from intuitive to intentional, uh, that's what I'm I'm kind of I, I, I say move from intuitive to intentional, meaning um, how many people are in positions of leadership because they're just intuitively good leaders. They're pretty good with details. They're pretty good with people. They don't, you know, make people upset. They lead teams fairly well. So they get elevated. Uh, and how much better would it be if we intentionally invested in them, yada, yada. Uh, in like manner, we found a real connection in that as I started asking deeper and deeper questions, I'm like, he's talking about the same thing. It's a level of intentionality that he's talking about. He's not using the word organic uh, and just phoning it in because um, that would be my I have some thoughts assumptions on uh, when you talk. I know what organic is. I grew up grew up in a very agricultural. Uh, organic is how you can't feed large groups of people and how you have to work really hard to get a tiny little bit of fruit. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> all right. That's really all I got. How about you, Chandler? <laughs> So for this one, uh, the lesson I would say I've been learning is when it comes to reading, uh, kind of, we, we talked about this, um, in our past, one of our past podcasts, um, about how much content there is to consume now with podcasts, audiobooks, and of course, just physical books as well. Um, where I found myself just digesting so much content where I wasn't really even thinking about it or processing it and like, Oh, what am I going to take away from this book or, or this podcast? So I started slowing down and saying, 
I'm going to try to read less books and actually take notes on them. Hmm. So I've, I've started what, what I've started doing is either in the front cover or in Evernote. So I'll just mark up the book, and then from there I'll go back through and then put all those notes into Evernote so I can go back and reference. So that's been really helpful for me and just saying slow down, actually try to process what I'm reading, not try to get through as much, but try to take more out of what I'm reading. So it's been good. We'll see if I keep it up. <laughs> that's Be, a good word. Keep being intentional. Intentional. Not organic. Don't read organically. <laughs> no, not at all. All right. Well, guys, I uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode of Five Leadership Questions podcast, Quick Hitters. Uh, please, please give us some feedback on social media or leave us a rating and review on iTunes, whatever you'd like, but let us know that you're listening. Also, if you ever care to hear Barnabas again, let us know that as well. We'll try to make that happen. <laughs> or if you don't. That's, or if you don't. <laughs> Uh, so that's about it. Oh, and uh, I mean, okay. So Barnabas, how many books have you written now? Three? I've written three. I'm finishing the fourth. And then I just, uh, had a six week study release on one of the books with Lifeway. Uh, do you want to plug your books or do you want to plug Happy Rant? Uh, how about I plug the Help My Own Belief study since it's a Lifeway thing and it's the most recent release just came out at the beginning of February. So, uh, six weeks. It's a study on faith and doubt, specifically leaning into Mark 9, the story of the father who brings his demon-possessed son to Jesus. It's where the sen- the, the prayer, I believe, help my unbelief is. Uh, it's Mark 9, 24, if my memory serves. Um, so there's short... Do not look at your arm. Yeah, that's right. I don't have, I don't have the reference on I just, just the words. Um, Should have thought ahead. And I'll, uh, the, uh, so there's 12 to 15 minute video sessions. There's personal studies as well as group questions. So it's designed to be used in small groups. But uh, yeah, I'll plug that one. It's attached to my book, Help My Unbelief, which came out, which was re-released at the beginning of this year. So that'll be my product plug. Go check out Help My Unbelief stuff. Sweet stuff. At LifeWay.com. .org. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening.